We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Sam Svandiari here. Andy Lou across from me in Parts Unknown. Not going to disclose your location so the local authorities can't find you. Um, quick housekeeping note. We were recording this before the Celtics and Heat. So not that it really matters. I like the Warriors are playing. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? Oh, doing well. Doing well. Rewatching these games and... It makes sense why the Warriors aren't playing, Samuel. These are some good basketball teams that are playing basketball right now in mid-May. So, uh. but I feel like um, – and look, the Lakers may win game four, but I feel like the series is over. 3-0 yeah. is 3-0. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think the most interesting thing for me is how much the Nuggets vibes, the way they move the ball, the way they play for each other, Feels like the Warriors to me. I know you feel that when you watch it. And I guess my my, my question for you is, uh, did we underrate how good the Nuggets were all year? I mean, I did. I did. Coming into the season, I definitely did. I thought their biggest issue was going to be defense. But you watch you watch Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. I think specifically Jokic and, and MPJ. Yeah. Um, those guys aren't terrible on defense. It, it, it's possible to actually just get better on defense, and I underrated that. Um, I don't think we underrated their offense, though. Dude, they're unstoppable on offense. Now, part of that is because Bruce Brown and KCP can make threes. Doesn't that remind you of, like, Andre Godala making threes and guys on the Warriors just GP2, coming off the bench, yeah. making big shots, right? So that, that kind of reminds you of that. But um, it feels like a team that just loves playing with each other. Um and, and that, I think, maybe is the biggest difference between watching the Nuggets and watching what the Warriors are doing is that the chemistry is per- – they don't give up. The Lakers have hit – it's not like the Lakers have been blown out in any of these games. The Lakers have played pretty well. It just doesn't matter because the Nuggets are just going to say, well, whatever. We're going to keep doing what we're doing versus the Warriors, which has been, we'll go down 10. Well, all right, well, this thing's over, right? It's felt like a lot of that stuff this year. So that chemistry stuff is, is – yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my take. I think LeBron's played pretty well. I think AD's played pretty well. Yeah, yeah LeBron's offense has tailed off, but, like, I, he might be playing the best defense I've seen him play in six years, you know? Um, and their role players are what they are. They're not that great. Like, they're okay. 
like D'Lo and stuff, like the limitation show, but they're competing and the Nuggets are just, just too much for them. And I've been thinking about it. And like a lot of this falls into the context of we're now a week and change removed 10 days from the Warriors season ending. I don't think I ever gave enough credence to how much the punch just sapped the vibes. Like we spent all year talking about what they couldn't do on basketball. And those are real things. And those are fair decisions. But like at the end of the day, I'm watching the Nuggets and they're bought in. And I watched the Warriors all year. And really only one person on the Warriors gets a passing grade for me. And that's Steph Curry. Everyone else felt like they had their own agenda. It just, it didn't feel like the Warriors at all. And like, maybe, maybe I'm listening to too many Steve Kerr uh, podcasts. Um, it possible, but like part of me is just like, look, man, there a trade's not gonna fix them per se. Like, first things first, they have to all get on the same page, and then we can talk about the that actual basketball. Players. Will a trade not fix them? <laughs> it could, yeah. It will, could. will trading um Jordan Poole or Draymond Green not not fix them? Uh, you know, maybe trading the former probably is is better for the, for the locker room. I don't know. I mean, they still still have. Kaminga in there, who's, who's a young guy. They'll still have not enough vets uh, in there. So, yeah, I, look, the problem persists regardless. I, it's interesting to me that they keep bringing up the Jordan Poole punch. A little bit unprompted, don't you think? Everywhere. Draymond Green has said it in a press conference. He's talked about it on a podcast. You said Steve Kerr brought it up on a podcast with Kyle Kami that came out a couple days ago. Um, it seems like everybody has talked about, oh, the Jordan Poole punch, Jordan Poole punch. Jordan Poole hasn't talked about it. This, is, this situation is, is weird to me because I feel, you know, I, I've kind of been rough on Jordan Poole, but he doesn't say anything about it. Which kinda, which kind of lets you know how he feels about it in some ways. Like uh, uh, Draymond, you can take what you want from it, but he's at least owning up to the fact that he fucked up publicly, does. publicly, you know, now whether, uh, whether that matters to you is a different question, but mm-hmm. um, uh, Jordan doesn't want to talk about it in any capacity. He had that nice uh, that interview with Logan Murdoch, and he kind of basically said, like, it is what it is. It's a business for coworkers. Just kind of a cold answer, you know? Um, I don't I don't know. I honestly like the only thing that is apparent is you watch the Warriors all year and the vibe was off all year, you know. Jordan Poole, in my opinion, played selfishly all year, and we can like we can right. get into his head and be like, well, yeah, maybe maybe he was playing selfishly because he felt like the team screwed him over. You know, he wanted to start. He got punched in the face, like all these sort of things. And then you got vets kind of also playing selfishly, like we talk about clay and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and then you got other young players who want to get in there and play. And it just it never felt like they had a cohesive unit going in any way. And that's just we can point at all the different things, but that's probably the biggest thing they need to solve going into next year. It's going to be interesting to see what Steph thinks um, about all this. He's probably not going to mm-hmm. ever say anything, dude. I, I don't know. He's probably never going to say He didn't say anything after the end of the season outside of like, let's keep our guys together. Uh, yeah. We heard about his speech. Steve talked about his speech. I mean, but does it to you, to, to let me ask you this to you. They can't run it back. Because I, I saw Steve's quote that, you know, Kaminga's going to get 
better run if he rebounds more. Jordan Poole is going to be coming off the bench. He's or, or, or he like what he can do with the second unit is going to be crucial. Like I saw him say that, and in my head, I'm like, I do. Yeah, 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 I I do agree with you. Like he's going to say that, but it does feel like they need to just make a decision there, just to clear the room. You know, in some capacity. You know, what I'm saying like whether okay. if it's trading Jordan Poole, it's not about talent. You might get back the same caliber of talent but it's not going to be guys who have like jaded negative relationships with each other and it and it might be a thing too where what if they just trade them for cap relief <laughs> you know what i mean like i uh, I, I guess that's I not like i don't think you, they you, can you don't think that's, yeah oh your face was like oh i don't think so well i think i think they have major basketball problems if they don't replace him like yeah, honestly like like i've been i was this is the, the, the dark hole i was in i was re-watching 2022 games and I just forgot how good Poole was in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he didn't close games when the series got deeper because his defense is what it is. But, like, he was legitimate efficient offense. And I think the thing that stood out to me most against the Lakers is, like, they had no one who put pressure on the cup in any capacity. Now, you could say someone like Otto Porter, giving you a little more spacing, makes it easier for guys to cut, a little smarter, that sort of stuff. But, like, if they just dump him, and it's just a bunch of dudes setting screens, throwing it to Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Like, I don't think they do need some form of, they need someone who's going to be dynamic getting to the cup in some capacity, whether it's a, whether it's a big man who dives or another guard, uh, they just need to add that element to, or, or Kevin Durant, you know, like so, they need so, to add another element in some capacity. So, uh, you know, what's LeBron up to? Um, they need to, to me, something I've thought about when you talk about a dark hole, uh, mine was a little worse than yours. They need 82 game players. Cause I was thinking about this a little bit. Clay and Draymond were cooked in the mm-hmm. Lakers series. You're watching the Lakers right now, play the nuggets and coming down the stretch. LeBron is this, you know, he hasn't made a three right in the fourth quarter or something, or now he's made one three in the fourth quarter in that whole series. And he's obviously tired. He's hurt, whatever. Same thing with the Warriors. The Warriors were tired. The Warriors, I don't know if they yeah. were hurt. I don't think Clay and Draymond were hurt, but they were tired. Uh, explains why they couldn't make a freaking shot. Clay, Clay couldn't make a shot in the first quarter of the game. That's how that's how bad he was. And you can't say that he's all of a sudden just can't fucking shoot. That's not true. Shot 41% from three, led the league in threes. So I would say the main reason for why he was terrible, especially in that for, in that first quarter of game six, was that he was hmm. just gassed. Played the whole season, same with Draymond, just gassed. They need to find a way to find more good 82 game guys to get them to the postseason. Not or like Steve needs to, guys. Or, or Steve or needs to play the play the young guys a little more. Like I, I do He's I defensive keep, on that, by the way. Real defensive. Real, real yeah, defensive on that. Yeah, he was. It's a little odd. And yeah. I and if I was Joe Lacob, I'd feel a certain way about it too. Yeah, because yeah. Wiseman, like my whole thing has always been I thought Wiseman sucked. That doesn't mean I think all kids suck. You know, like I thought Moody could play and he can play, but he didn't get to play all year, you know? Like, so it's, it's one of those things where just, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, like figure it out, get a little more cohesive. We all know what a championship team looks like. We saw it last year. Who knows if the Nuggets are going to beat the Heat. It honestly applies to both the Nuggets and the Heat. Get on the same page and have, and actually be committed to it a little bit. Yeah, because his explanation was low BS was just like, hey, Moody struggled all season. He wasn't very good. He, he broke through the last month or so, which was it honestly to me, it was just really bullshit because he's breaking through in a three on three scrimmage practice. And all of a sudden you throw him into a playoff 
series. Mm-hmm. You, in a playoff series, he's broken through so much that he can play that. How do you know that? You only did that because you had no other choice because you knew that guys like Anthony Lamb couldn't play. Ty Jerome obviously couldn't play. He wasn't even on the roster. So it's like you knew that was going to be the case. And all of a sudden, you throw a rookie in there or a second-year guy in there because he broke through a month. Like it just It didn't make any sense, right? Same with Kaminga. It was like, you need to do this, you need to do that. But it's like uh, he only ever played 20 minutes, and you didn't spend the time to develop him because you were playing Anthony Lamb. And honestly, if he played Anthony Lamb for 15 minutes in the postseason, I'd probably be like, okay, like at least – your stand, stand by your yeah, right, stand right. by your convictions. Yeah. Right, <laughs> at least you you ride or die for some reason with that guy. But it's like no, you didn't even give him a chance because you knew what we all knew that he's not going to be able to play in a postseason series, right? So that ever that never really made any and sense. and and that's kind of I don't think we talked about it, but like Steve Kerr's nothing if not a guy with like some pretty strong convictions. He's not like if you don't play the way he wants you to play, he won't play you. It's He's not gonna he's not gonna mess around with it. You could say it's wrong, but he's pretty serious about it. He spends all year playing yeah. um playing Anthony Lamb and then he decides not to play him in the playoffs. Like, what was that about? Like you, you know, like it, it just it's it seems to me of something deeper there. And you know, like I said, we've we've done this postmortem a few times. To me, everyone has uh you know uh what's the expression um like uh you know everyone's got to wear it a little bit you know draymond and clay got to wear it a little bit the young guys got to wear it a little bit they were immature they didn't do their own things the front office has to wear it a little bit the roster could have used one to two more veterans to just keep the locker room in line and steve kerr has to wear it a little bit he he has two second year players who could have contributed more than they did. And I think it kind of jerked around. I don't think development was necessarily where they need to be. So Steve Kirk kept talking about it and I kind of believe him in this way. And this is where I'm a sucker for the narrative stuff. In some cases, it's like kind of getting humiliated is probably good for everyone to, um, you know, kind of get their head straight in the off season. Cause mm-hmm. it didn't feel like anyone, they they just it seemed to me like everything was wrong all year and they just thought because we're the warriors we can we can pull it out you know yeah 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 uh, it, it's they, they learned a lesson maybe that'll fix some stuff they mentioned that as a big thing i even looked at let me tell you this dude i even looked down the list like can austin rivers help him? Can, sure can, can can robin lopez help him? like those are the type of the voices and the type of the players that you know are have been good vets in the league for a long time can joe ingles help him? Right. Like those, maybe he's a little bit out of their price range, whatever. But like, can some of these guys who maybe not, been to be honest. For, he was he was pretty bad. Right? But you know, those are my type it's of just, players, right? He just he could make a nice pass, make a three, can't really play defense, but be in the right spot type of guy. Um they need more of that. And, and less so, and less so guys, even even Jermichael Green. I mean, the blame goes everywhere, like you're saying, top down, but like all the way to the bottom, Jermichael Green, yeah. who was kind of just bitching and moaning about PT. And it's like it, it kind of makes sense, right? For someone like I, him. And I do think um, – I think everything comes back to the pool Draymond decision in some ways. That's the decision I, in the offseason. I think if you move Jordan Poole for the right player, Kuminga probably thrives because I do understand the calculus of it's hard for me to play Poole when he's this up and down and Kuminga. And, like, like you know, you kind of – You can use one young guy at a time, but like having four of them out there is not so good. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to ask you about two players, and then we got a bunch of voicemails to get to. So one thing Steve Kerr said, which I think deserves our discussion, is um, he keeps talking about how Clay needs to evolve as he ages. I guess my question for you is, what do you think that means? So do you think that clay adding the uh the the pick and roll game has has made him a better player cuz you've noticed he's kind of dribbled the ball more since he's come back and i think part of that is he can't move right he can't he can't come off screens as quickly he can't yeah, he's not, he's, he's, quickly. He, yeah he's not he's he's not as explosive he's not as quick off movements yeah yeah so he's getting the ball and he's kind of like go go set me a screen and then it kind of all goes to shit so um i think that's right i, I he mentioned Clay has to get in better shape coming to the season. I think is Clay the only person that came into training camp last season that said he wasn't in good shape. Usually, you you look at people and they're like, "Oh, the best shape of their life," and and Clay comes in like, "Dude's dude looks fat." You know what yeah. I mean? So like that that was one of the issues. I don't know what do you, what do you think is like a part of the game that he needs needs to get better on? Like realistically, he he's not going to all of a sudden be a slasher. So I think I think the first thing is what you're saying. You need to take better care of your body. You're not 25. You can't just go out the night before. Like you, you have to make sacrifices. And then to me, I think he's just talking about playing smarter. Honestly, I think learning to make the extra pass, maybe a little more post up, like more clay doesn't get enough credit for his athleticism when he was younger. Uh, But that dude comes off a screen really fast and can release it. And Against the better defenses, you saw that he wasn't coming off as fast. Hand in his face, and that's the difference between shooting 42% and 32% for a guy like him. So I think I think Steve Kerr is like, first, get yourself in shape. Second, you're probably going to have to deal with the fact that you're not going to get 30 points just coming off pin downs the way you used to. You know, you're going to have to learn how to get to the free throw line. You're going to have to make the extra pass. Maybe you you get more assists than you're used to in the past. Like 
those are the little things I'm thinking of. But to me, it's it's like overall, it's like, bro, you need to evolve because if you think you're going to become 28-year-old Clay, you're going to be a losing player, which is what he was in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Stripping some of the game away is important. I think just just doing less and the mm-hmm. one he used to is that that's actually probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. It's it's not get a post game, learn how to shoot a like he he's he you know remember he came in the league he did have a little bit of a post game because younger guard uh, smaller guards used to guard him. Now people kind of put bigger guys on him just because he can't yeah. move as well. Um, but I, maybe the biggest thing is the mental mental change. You're, you're right. I think it is less so like. I mean, what can he add at this point in his 30s? He's not hes not adding a handle. He's not adding, like, a sudden great yeah, finish around the rim. Like, it's not a touch. He's not adding touch, right? He's not adding all this crazy stuff. It's just – its how about take away some of the stuff that has made you – Play smarter. Yeah. yeah. I think that just, that – we'll see. I mean, he's still – he was still so valuable in the regular season. That's just He stuff was, that, but, like, my, my biggest fear is he's an 82-game player now because yeah. – in the regular season, he hunted his shot, but most NBA teams suck. Like, this isn't a stat I've brought up on light years, but every team he went for 30-plus against is trash defensively. Atlanta, Portland, Detroit, Detroit again, Atlanta again. He didn't actually destroy good teams. He used to destroy good teams. Against good teams, he's 5 for 17. And so... That's where it comes down to, you know, you're chasing the past. You can't chase the past. Just live in the present a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, there's also there's also the mid-range shot that he's not taken since KD was on the team. Remember when, True. when, when the KD Clay teams would just shoot 50 mid-range shots a game for some for some reason. Um maybe that's maybe that's the counter, right? Because Steph doesn't do it enough, but Steph can do all things. He can just get to the hole. So th- it's different. But True. with Clay, it's maybe pump fake from the three-point line, take a step in, shoot him. Get to, get to the elbow. Yeah. That yeah. 15 like, footer off the bounce is money for him. So get become Rip Hamilton. I grew up watching him. He wasn't that fun of a watch, but maybe that's someone <laughs> that's someone you can kind of learn a little bit, Richie Miller. I do like feel like the, the end goal of all these conversations, just play smarter, dude. Like be yeah. Be aware of who you are, and then he just was like selfish. He was pretty selfish. Yeah, just I be mean, smart. We talked about Jordan him. Poole. He was pretty yeah. selfish. Clay was. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other vet we want to talk about. We got a few people talking oh, about our guy Podmont. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to talk about this, but just the the Lakers slurping. You're calling it corny here. I I'm can't su- disagree. <laughs> Um, and someone says you got to tell I want to be a Laker campaign. Do you think he wants to be a Laker? Did he say that on the pod? I don't listen to the pod because it's no there. people. People are making the innuendo because of uh, God, well, I, I don't know, say. eight thousand fucking comments, right? Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> uh, the only so so the one take I have on this is he spent game two uh, tweeting and, and telling fans about how they're fake fans, and I don't really know who he was talking about. Um, I don't think he met anyone specific. I just think he got fed up with his mentions, you know? Yes. And I think that that's the problem. That's the problem is that you don't get to be mad at your fans, especially if they're the one in your mentions, because you're the one that is nonstop talking about LeBron and the Lakers. And then you pick them to win. And LeBron James. <laughs> like, I don't get – if you don't get why you're mad, then you're just an idiot, right? It's just that that's the thing. It's nobody – 
and and also it invites you more to internet trolls like it's just it's it's going to be millions of people that are going to kill you for this and if you're going to get mad about it you're going to get sensitive about it first it tells me that you struck a nerve <laughs> tells me right. that you're fine it tells me that you're someone that as a trash talker as good as you are it struck a nerve which is your problem two you you know why they're saying it and that's why it struck a nerve so, yeah. yeah, I mean, he also wasn't good in the Lakers series. Like, he wasn't the problem they lost. I think Warriors had much worse problems, like Clay, for example, and, and Wu. And Poole. Yeah, those are definitely two worse players because Draymond had a couple good games, but he also wasn't the same Draymond. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't talking shit. I mean, Bill Simmons brought this up. I mean, we brought this up. It's just he wasn't yapping at anyone. Now, I get why you don't yap at at LeBron, right? Because mm-hmm. Grant Williams, Jimmy Butler, we saw that. So it makes sense why you don't do that. But he spent game five talking to Anthony Davis. That was pretty cool. That was Pete Draymond. The Warriors won that game. How many games did he talk to Anthony Davis outside of that? Zero. So it just yeah. wasn't the same dude. I don't know. They still need him to win, Sam. It, they I would do. like him to still be on the team. It's just a weirdo. Just cut the weirdo stuff out. But I don't know. Maybe he won't learn. I don't know what do you think? It, you know, you know what's hilarious? If the Warriors get their act together. I think they can beat Denver because I think Steph presents a very unique problem that just basketball wise, they don't have a solution for, right? Like Jokic, uh, Jamal, those guys have issues with Steph in space, right? And it breaks them down. Meanwhile, Denver is a problem for the Lakers because AD can't overwhelm Jokic, you know? And it's like, it's the first time I've seen AD. It's like it's not like he's playing bad. It's just Jokic doesn't get bothered by him no. the way that other guys do, right? Meanwhile, AD is an issue for the Warriors. You know, like you, you go through it and you're just like that dude. Just he can guard Draymond and Looney at the same time and double Steph, and it's just like there's really only him and maybe Giannis who present that issue for the Warriors with like their current lineup. And it's it's just funny to me how much these matchups make a fight in some ways, right? Because it's it's it, it really is that simple. Like, if the Warriors figure it out, uh, replace Poole, let's say, and come back with their good vibes, I think they're an issue for Denver because of the way that uh, Jokic can't guard Steph in space, you know? Yeah, that that's always going to be a problem. Um, though, though I would argue mean, the mean, other way. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, I think AD could probably be an issue for them again in the future, you know? So, yeah. And, yeah. uh, but but also at the same time, the Warriors, we're not relitigating that series, but there, there was a lot of zero intensity from the Warriors. I mean, True. even from game one, Steph playing 37 minutes and them losing by five points. Like that it kind of set True. the tone for the series, right? So, like, they could change some of that. But I don't know. I think Denver, this season's Warriors team, I think they get smacked by Denver. I think Denver wins yeah. the series in four, five, maybe tops. Last season's Warrior, different story, though, different story. Uh, Agreed. You, wa- you watch. Dude, Bruce Brown and KCP. I, you know, Bruce Brown has some funny stuff to say about Steph last season because he was on Brooklyn, so he was kind of obliged to be the, the troublemaker on that hey, team. He's, right? try, he's trying not to get cut. I get it, bro. I've said some, I've said some weird stuff at work to make sure I'm employed to no, it. <laughs> so, hey, but I watch him, and I watch him, and I watch him, and he's – you know, there's a lot of Austin Reeves hype, but do you know what Bruce Brown is doing to those guys on the offensive offensive boards, right? He had a couple big ones last night or True. yesterday morning. I just – Someone like him is so big. Someone like KCP is so big. The Warriors need those guys. That's what the war. They need those. I don't want to say they need those more than they need an efficient Jordan Poole because an efficient Jordan Poole um, papers over a lot of stuff just by scoring 28 points. But who are the Warriors' two-way dogs off the bench? 
with those guys. I mean, they had Sean Livingston. They used to have Andre. They used to have even like a David West type. They're, they're totally different player, but just like a big man role player. Sure. Who are those guys the Warriors can get? Probably not because KCP and Bruce Brown are not that men guys. But, dude, I don't know. <laughs> those are those are two guys that I'm watching the Warriors. The Warriors just don't have. Just I mean, this is guys. where I side with Joe Lacob, where it's like, shouldn't this be Draymond and Clay? You guys are adults. Shouldn't you be running the locker room more than you should? Uh, to your point, you know, it, it is it is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, that's something they're gonna have to figure out. I, I do think GP two helps a little bit, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. By the way, we gotta do this. You guys have twenty four hours left to order our shirt collaboration with Free Bread International. The Lightyear's friend of the show shirt. Shout out our guy, Alao. Free Bread and its initiatives are always looking for ways to give back to the younger generation of future leaders. A portion of all proceeds will be donated to furthering youth education, the Bay Area and beyond. Look, guys, hands down the coolest shirt. None of you wear shirts this cool. This is your chance to kind of stunt a little bit. And, and look, we're donating all the proceeds anyway. So support. You guys got another day to order the shirt. We appreciate everyone. Also, you know, if you don't want to, we, we still appreciate you listening. But shout out our guy, Elau. Yeah, shout out our guy. Amazing shirts. Friend of the show. Um, dude, I, you know what's crazy? And, it, and, and look, it, it's crazy because I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in Taipei right now watching the games. I think we're 20 minutes in. I can say where I am. And I watched a basketball game in, uh, in, in, in Taiwan. And you would – you would not imagine the amount of Steph Curry jerseys at these games, Sam. There was at least double digit that I saw. And I'm talking about like dudes and girls. I saw girls wearing Steph jerseys, which I thought was interesting. You don't even see that at Chase. A lot of friends of the show. A lot, a lot of friends of the show. A lot of, a lot of friends of the show that don't speak any English. And I asked some people, you know, some, some locals ended up taking me to the game. And I asked them, like, who's the most popular team here? And they're obviously like the Warriors. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, Steph. Everybody loves a three-point shot, and they've been the most famous team for a decade. And I asked him who was the most famous famous team before that. Take a guess. Take a guess. Who was the most famous player before that? And it's pretty obvious. Kobe, Lakers. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. Not even a question. Not right. even a fucking question. So, it, yeah. It's it's amazing to me. And you know what jersey I didn't see? It was LeBron jersey, which makes me super happy. Didn't see any of those. So it was just – it, it was really cool. You see Steph billboards everywhere around here. Uh, so Under Armour's doing something right. But um, Under Armour's like, we don't care about marketing Akron, Ohio. <laughs> We're marketing Taipei. We got Singapore on lock. We got Hanoi. China? We got, we got, I mean, I'm sure China. Shanghai. You know, yeah. like they're, they're all over Crazy. the place. They know, they know where the money is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get, let's get some calls. All right. Yeah, awesome, guys. So, generally, I'm not all that confident like this offseason, really. Like, I, I think it makes more sense if, like, they bring everyone back and, like, hope, pull is better. Like, maybe they maybe make some moves around the margins. But, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't really think they're going to make it, like, a huge move. Because, like, I don't, 
Like, it bothers me. Like, I don't know if, like, my dominant rule actually, like, I don't know, for, like, the kids and, like, put a pick and try to get, like, a big fish. Because look at Denver. Like, that team's in the prime. Like, if you look at that team, you know what, guys? I don't think this team currently is good enough, even if we good enough. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a doomer mentality. I will say, they literally won a title the year prior. I think the last two years let us know this core still has a level of magic in them, but you do need to put the right roster around them, and that means everything from the right young player who can be the third scorer, the way Jordan Poole was, to like the right veterans like Otto Porter and Damian Lee and those type of guys. It feels like the big pivot point um, outside of the, the Draymond Poor stuff this season is is the Kaminga stuff, is how good can he get and how quickly can he get there? He's obviously not Kawhi, which is what extended the Spurs, but can he be a th- high 20-minute rotation player? Yeah. Two-way? Can he, can he offensively get there? I. That's probably the biggest question because they're not – they're not – I doubt they're trading Poole and Kaminga for a star. I just – I don't think that's on the table. I can see them trading Poole for, like, role players. Like, maybe split that up and get some I th- role I th- players. But- I mean, I think the odds that they make a star trade are always just like, – just bet again. It's less likely. It just is. Like, there, there's two of those in the offseason. Your team's probably not going to be one of those two teams, you know? And <laughs> and I think people diminish kind of the, the Bob Meyer stuff – whether he comes back or not, they didn't, they diminished the D'Lo trade. I mean, we can kind of argue about what went on with that trade, but he made that trade for Wiggins and won him a championship. And that was not an obvious trade because Andrew Wiggins was not, <laughs> it's not very good for the Warriors got their hands on him. No, so. no. I mean, I mean, and that's your point. Like if I was, if I was a betting man, I would agree with you. They're probably going to make a deal for someone who's undervalued, who they think in their system, they can bring it out of. It's more likely than them doing eight draft picks for, uh, you know, Embiid or something like that, right? You know, like just... Hello, Harden's gone. Embiid's sitting there. Ugh, I don't want to. All right. I don't want to either. What's Next one. Yacht, Izzo? Um, so, my preference is we run it back with the squad and make some marginal, you know, marginal moves. Uh, assuming that Jordan Poole and Draymond can squash whatever the issues are. But if that can't happen, if if, if Jordan is just you're not gonna be able to forgive Draymond and they can't we can't move on and, and get the vibes intact, then what I'm hoping for, uh and I guess it would be my hot take is uh assuming the Hornets take uh Scoot, then let's do whatever we can to trade for Lamelo. Because I if, if if I gotta believe that the Hornets are kind of tired of Lamelo. Uh, this Izzo is my guy, by the way. Let let give me your address, Izzo. I'm sending you some free merch. <laughs> that was not a plant call. Um, with, with all that said, I I put it at under one percent that the Warriors would um do something like that in 2023. <laughs> uh, if I were the Hornets, I would just pick Scoot and just play both of them. Who cares? Yeah. Both of them are super talented. Let's just figure it out with both guys. Seems pretty cool. Yeah, but you're not really in a rush. Players. Yeah. They don't need another 
you know, they don't need another Miles Bridges on their team with Brandon Miller anyway. Just go get the two super guards. Oh, relax. Um, <laughs> I do think if the Warriors make a trade, it's going to be for someone uh, who's older than LaMelo Ball. So that's my other take. Like, You're um, right. I, I don't think Charlotte would trade him anyway, but like to the, to the point of the call, um, I think the Warriors are probably trained for a guy in year six, not year three. So I would um, say even older, like more, like they look at someone like a Markel Fultz. Um, that's let, year six. Let, right. Oh, is he shit? Uh, well, Hey, you're right. Um, I, I just <laughs> think someone who knows that, they're not going to be a superstar in this league. And they don't have those aspirations. I know he'll probably never say it. Fultz won't. But he knows who he is. He knows he's a he's a good, defensive-minded, right, point guard. Takes create. care of the ball a little bit. A little bit of a breakout season last season. But he, he knows he's not under in any impression that Markel Fultz is going to be the Markel Fultz he was drafted as a number one pick. Right? So, no, no. It's like, yeah, honestly, they've, they've had good luck with former number one picks. Bogut, Wiggins, you know. Turns out those dudes can play. Right. All right, let's get the next one. All right. So, fellas, um, all right, my hottest take is that the James Wiseman for Gary Payton trade not only traded Wiseman off the team, but it also traded Kaminga off the team because um, it now has Gary Payton and Andrew Wiggins as the two point of attack defenders which was what Kerr's talked about being Kaminga's strength. So unless Kaminga develops next year into a player that's enabling him to like have more of a role besides just being a point-of-attack defender, I don't think there, there's going to be enough room for him, and he'll want to trade. So that's my hot take. And then my question was, what do you think about this interaction I had? I stirred the... Giants played the Marlins for, uh, I think, the third game of the series recently on Saturday. I saw Logan Webb in the in the hotel lobby of a rooftop bar that I was at after the game. And Logan Webb pitched seven innings and had a great game, but they lost because the Giants never score runs. And after I saw him, I just gave him a quick fist bump, and I said, tough, tough one out there, like to try to console him, and I, and I patted him on the shoulder. And I was wondering if you guys thought that was cringy. Little, hey, tough one. I didn't, like, call attention to him. He was surrounded by people, and I was the only one to recognize him. But uh, what do you guys think? We should, we should do a light year, <laughs> light year segment for, like, celebrity interactions. We can judge him. We can judge him because Sam's such a celebrity, and, he, he, you know, he's friends with all I his players. This is where I wish our guy called in live. Call in live next time we take live callers. I need to know. What was Logan Webb's reaction? Because what matters is how he reacts to you. Yeah. Did he um did he give you did he give you the head nod? Did he give you one of these? Or or did he kind of like ignore you? Because like you, you give him a like, you know, you dap like, hey, tough one, and he pretends you don't exist. Pretty cringy. Yeah. Pretty cringy, you know? <laughs> he looks at you like what the like are you coming in there unannounced trying to trying to touch the guy? Cause that's weird, right? Like you you don't you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to give him a shoulder tap coming from behind. He's like, he's like, dude, what the hell? But are you coming from on the side, like in front of him and telling him? I, I think if you're coming in from the front, you kind of give him a nod before and you say, like, Logan, like something like that. Like, it, it's cool. It depends on the situation, too. Um, yeah, he's got to call back in. We need more context there. 
We need, we more, need more context. Now, his other his basketball question was actually really interesting too. Um, where does Kuminga find a role now that they're presumably healthy GP two next year and um, uh, Wiggins back too? Where does Kuminga find a role? Well, you can never he, have. Yeah. What does he need to do? What does he need to do to be a consistent, as you said, high twenties minute player? It's kind of unfair what happened. Uh, it's unfair how I think Steve Kerr develops him with the leash, with with how he says he has to play a certain way or he's not. Because Kaminga does something that no Warriors can do, is he can draw fouls. So if he can draw fouls, they've got to be able to say, hey, even if you mess up by not swinging the ball, even if you mess up by not rebounding, we're going to give you a little bit – of a leaf share because you can mm-hmm. attack the rim and you can draw some fouls that gives us a second bit of a change up on offense, which is what Steph mentioned that the Warriors don't have. And then maybe that'll help him rebound more like rebounding to him is not something he can't do. It's something that he obviously two things doesn't want to do and doesn't know how to do. Like he just doesn't do it because he's never done it before. Is, is so, it, you know, what's the funniest thing about rebounding for me? He's a space cadet. You know who else was a space cadet rebounding the ball? Clay. Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. I mean, it's true too. yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he figured it out. Like now, I trust Wiggins to get rebounds in big games. But how many years do we watch Wiggins just float for two, like thirty-three minutes, two boards? You know, like and, and he still just, does it, just not yeah. in the playoffs because he's because he's really good in the playoffs now. But yeah, <laughs> well, he he knows when it's he when he has to yeah. when he has to turn up. You know, right. and um. And I just wonder if Kuminga got more rope, if he would, you know, turn up a little more too. Like, obviously, that's not what you want. You don't want a guy who doesn't like pay attention to the fundamentals all the time. But like, to your point, you gotta give him a little space to figure it's it out. It's like it's like I'm watching I'm watching Caleb Martin play in these Miami Heat, but and he's a he's a role player, right? So he does everything really well. Actually, you can say this for any Miami player, not just Caleb Martin. But like, they do everything really well. They can they set screens really well. They cut really well. They rebound really well. They they can make an open shot if they're there. But like, they can't do this stuff that Kaminga can do. But you can argue like, you know, Miami's playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They, they're all winning players. Like, do we know if Kaminga's a winning player? But you know, Kaminga can still do things that the Warriors freaking need. Yeah. Just because he just because GP two and Wiggins play great defense doesn't mean that Kaminga shouldn't be playing. Like he should be playing. He should be playing. Yeah, I don't I know agree. if they should promise him, but they, they should figure this out. He's got to figure this out too, though, because Warriors aren't just going to trade him because he says you got to trade him. It's not going to happen, dude. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I do like we've talked about it, but like their two big decisions are Pool and Kuminga. Make a decision because keeping them in limbo doesn't right. really make sense for anyone. Anyone, yeah. Um, figure it out. Like either you're going to commit to them, or you're going to move them in a different way. But like that's the biggest decision. All right, last call of the show. Hey, guys. So I've been thinking about the best path forward for this team, and I think that the best way for them to go about their business moving forward, to give themselves the best chance to really take advantage of Steph's time moving forward, I think they need to look back and emulate a couple of teams from the past, particularly the the early 10 Spurs and the early 10 Heat. So obviously I think you need to bring Bob back um, just the, the value he has with the core and everything and keeping this thing together. I think you try and get him back at least until Steph retires. And then once he, if you can get him back, I think the first thing you got to do is trade JP. I don't think there's any amount of time that 
you know, JP and Draymond could rebuild that trust, especially, you know, I, I just think it takes longer than the Warriors have in this championship window. It, it's not going to happen overnight, and I think you need to seriously consider that. So I think you trade GP for a couple of rotational pieces, uh, a playmaker, some rim presence, and I think Dinwiddie and Claxton from the Nets fit that perfectly. Um, you're getting the playmaking Whoa. that you're giving away uh, <laughs> from JP with Dinwiddie, and then Claxton obviously brings a rim presence, helps on the defensive end with um, Looney and Draymond. Um, you also need to get Clay and Draymond to, to sign for some reasonable money just so that you have cap flexibility going forward with the team. And then I think with, with Draymond and Clay, I know people have been talking about how Clay may be coming off the bench. I think Draymond actually makes more sense off the bench role. And I think you've seen that work. Uh, that's how the whole dynastic run started with Iggy, is having, having that guy coming off the bench, the high IQ guy that can help run the offense and play some defense. So I think Draymond makes more sense coming off the bench role. And I think Clay you can emulate at this point, um, like the Heat Ray Allen type player, um, where he wasn't an all-star. He wasn't even the second or third option, but he's a guy that you know can, can get buckets in high key moments um, and just kind of plays in, in the flow of the offense, uh, defends. Appreciate the call, my man. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of that I agree with, but to his point, if you want to emulate the uh, the Spurs, your star players have to actually buy into being team first and not hunting past glory. So that may mean coming off the bench, that may be less shots. Honestly, I don't care who starts or comes off the bench. I just want them bought into their roles a little bit. And I think the, uh, the difficult part is, you know, that's not a coaching decision as much as it's uh, they need to just get there. Yeah. Um, man, that Dinwiddie Claxton trade. I took a look at the money. I mean, it kind of does make sense. I don't know why, I don't know why Brooklyn does it. It just Claxton is a really, really, really good player on a pretty good contract. I mean, they'll re-sign him to something that, that maybe fits a little better, but I mean, I'd, I'd probably do it. Dinwiddie's not great. He's not great, but that's that's a veteran that can handle the ball and get buckets a little bit. I think you know he knows who he is though, which is yeah, the difference exactly. between him and Jordan Poole. He knows his sixth yeah. man. Jordan still thinks in. I mean, he might make All Star someday. So in the East, um, uh, in Orlando, when they're a winning team, um, I, I like the idea. I like the bones of that trade. Like the idea of that trade makes sense, right? It's a role player, backup point guard. It's a, it's a it's a big two role runs right. Play some defense. So it's like two guys that makes a lot of sense. So. Um, he's right. He had a 16 point plan though to get there, and just I thought that was that, that was really cool. Um, Clay, come, uh, Draymond coming off the bench that makes sense a little bit too. Um, to get to get Looney, some big changes is is what it means. We're May May end of May here, Sam. The the NBA finals are not done yet. Bob Myers has yet to make his decision. The next time we come on, Bob Myers may either be the new same GM of the Warriors, or he may be in Cancun with the Lakers. So we'll we'll see. But either sales, way, Salesforce uh, keynote. <laughs> I just, just if you make if a decision, bro. If Bob is not here, do you think we hear from him for a year, or do you think he's like, he does the Tim Duncan? You just don't hear from him, and he pops up. I would year. be, I would be surprised if he did a bunch of NBA media. Personally, He'd I think he's, yeah. I think he's, uh, I, I think he's taking time away from the limelight if he yeah. does it so yeah he's not on in, inside the nba with chuck and, and Shaq. just just 
just on NBA TV on Tuesday night with like Bryn Haywood. Dude, that's love of the game. Bob Myers does something nice. Like, you might as well have just been the GM for 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, are we, what are we doing here? All right. All right. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Have a good one.